Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. As we're getting closer to the day of Pentecost and the conclusion of the season of Easter, we're also getting close to the conclusion to the Acts of the Apostles, which we've been hearing from, or more likely reading, every day throughout these last 40-plus days now. And so yesterday and today, we've been hearing of Paul's farewell to the presbyters, the elders, the leaders of the church in Ephesus as he was uh, departing for the ship at Miletus. And he warns us today, even as he warned them, of the need to be vigilant, because Savage wolves, he says, will come among us, and they will not spare the flock. And from your own group, our own group, Paul warns, the Holy Spirit warns, men will come forward, perverting the truth to draw the disciples away after them. So be vigilant, he says, stay alert, be awake, be fully alive. And as I was praying with this passage, what came to mind is uh, a line that N.T. Wright often says about Paul, which I think maybe many of us don't usually think about. He simply argues that Paul wasn't trying, contrary to how we might think about it, to tell the disciples, the people that he was preaching to, what to think. Paul was trying to teach them how to think. That's in many ways what the gospel is all about. The call to repentance, remember, is a word which literally means to change your mind, to change the way you think. And so Paul is trying to help the disciples. He's trying to help us. The Holy Spirit's trying to help us through Paul learn how to take every thought captive to Jesus, to bring everything into harmony with the mind of God. Which, of course, means I have to see reality the way God does. And so Paul's warning, the Holy Spirit's reminding us in the scriptures today, that there is constantly going to be this battle for our thoughts. There's going to be a worldly way of thinking, and there's going to be a heavenly way of thinking. And our challenge is to bring our thinking into harmony with a biblical worldview. So I mentioned the other day uh, and read a few excerpts from this extraordinary book called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age. And I read a couple of quotes from it, rather lengthy quotes, I know. Uh, I want to do one again today and tomorrow just because, again, this is such a rich book and it's so apropos to what Paul's talking about here in the Acts of the Apostles and what he's trying to do all throughout his ministry. Here's what the author says. See if this resonates with you. Obligations to attend Mass, duties of faithfulness and difficult marriage, 
or of obedience to incompetent superiors, the meaning of suffering, the very existence of a saving doctrine that needs to be believed, come alive to the understanding only when they are perceived as the natural outworking of a cosmic reality. This means that the exposition of the gospel in preaching and teaching, in literature, in architecture, in the arts, needs to accent this conversion of mind. This is why I'm thinking of this passage right now as we think about Paul and all that he was trying to do. There needs to be a counter-narrative to the overwhelming non-Christian narrative currently on offer. The Christian vision, the true one, needs to be made available such that it can chase out, chase out the false myths of the day in the minds of believers and inquirers. Once this happens, questions of morality, church discipline, and articles of faith become easier to sort out. Until it happens, there will be half-conversion at best, and a confused and often inadequate response to the gospel. Such conversion of mind is especially needed in those who lead, in bishops and priests, pastors, teachers, parents, writers, scholars, and artists. The great apostolic task of our time is to gain a genuine conversion of mind and vision. So as we get closer to Pentecost, closer to the great day celebrating the feast of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and Our Lady in the upper room, let's be mindful this is not just a commemoration of an event that happened a long time ago. This is something that God wants to do again now in my life and in yours. So let's pray fervently for one another that the Holy Spirit will illumine our minds, that he will help us to take every thought captive to Jesus, that he will help us to be fully alert, awake, alive, eyes wide open, and to see reality as it truly is, and to point out those places in my life and in yours where we're not thinking with the mind of Christ. We're a worldly way of seeing things has influenced us because where we think or how we think determines how we act and what we think is important and what we think is not important. So let's continue to pray fervently. Come, Holy Spirit. Enlighten our minds. Descend in power again upon priests, upon deacons, upon parents, upon teachers, upon artists, upon architects. Help us to know what matters and what doesn't, and make us joyful and attractive and contagious and provocative witnesses of the gospel in this world. Do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. <laughs>